Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM Sports has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that state-issued ID. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love it over at BetMGM. Got to be 21 years or older, 1-800-522-4700. And just because the squad here has done such a great job with this draft guide, I want to give another shout to the draft guide. You can find it now, vsin.com slash draft. We're going to make you cash on the forthcoming draft here. I mean, this thing is comprehensive, so make sure you check it out. It's just 10 bucks. You can get the NBA picks, the NHL picks. You can get a Burks a Major League Baseball picks, the draft, and the Major League Baseball betting guide for like 50 bucks as well while you're there. Make sure you check that out. Michael, you mentioned, I want to start with the Celtics Nets, and then we'll get back to your Dallas wow. Mavericks. But one thing you did mention, and I, I think we can openly say it, is we're back on Nesson or going to be back on Nesson, our friends up in New England, and we're thrilled. We hear so much great feedback from the viewers of Nesson about the Lombardi line, so thrilled to be back there. We really are. Thank you very much. We're looking forward to it, and and it's good to, to be back. Plus, my man up there can watch. My grandkids <laughs> can watch, so it even makes it better. Of course, yeah. i got to mention his name every five minutes because I get a text saying, you didn't mention my name, Peak, so you know, we got to make sure <laughs> Is we this what we call that. you, Peak? Is it Peak? Peaky. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny how you get names from uh, 
grandkids. It's the strangest thing. So I guess I would play peekaboo when he was a little kid. Of course, he kind of controls the other four. But uh, And so he started calling me Peaky Poppy. I wanted to be called Poppy. I wanted to be a little Hemingway-ish, if you could. And then the next thing I know, Peaky just became Peak. Peaky Poppy became Peaky, and now it's just Peak. So I'm happy with it. I'm really delighted with it. I like it. it. I like that it's stuck. Now. I'm delighted with it, yeah. Can you imagine, and I, I wonder if, Dominic can imagine this as well. If you're the Nets, you're down 0-2 to the Celtics coming back home. But how about this? You led by a point with about a half a second to go in game one with the Tatum layup. You led by seven in the fourth in game two. These two games, Kevin Durant was not good. I think he would admit that. His E-field goal, it's just its ridiculous, the numbers as you look into them. But they're down 0-2 when they could be up 2-0. Robert Williams is likely to play today, so he comes back the defensive anchor. It's not a good look for the Nets. Uh, Unlimited minutes, Robert Williams. But, you know, if if you're the Nets, you say, look, we, we have not been able, we haven't played our best yet. Our best player hasn't played his best. And we've been in the games. We've been in the games. Yeah. So there's a, there's a positivity to what's occurred. There's not all negativity, which sometimes betters get caught up in. You know, with an a, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think Durant's going to continue to play. I know Boston's really good on defense. I get that, right? I understand that. I'm not disputing that. I've been a Boston Celtic fan all year in terms of how they play defense and points per possession, the best team, and E-field goal, the best team. However... Brooklyn's offense is going to have to start kicking, and, and Durant's going to start making shots because that's who Kevin Durant is. He's not great because somebody could take him out of the game. You know, the one thing I've learned in writing this book about great players is you can't be a great player if the other team can take you out of the game. You can't be great if you only get eight points like DeRozan got. Now, I think DeRozan's a really good player, but greatness is not taken out of games. And I think Durant will find his way, and I think ultimately they've got to be able to figure this out and close the game out in the fourth quarter because during periods they've been really well. They've played well. Not only does he have to be better, but they have to find they have to find ways, and this is on Nash to get him better looks because we know what the Celtics are doing. They're selling out to stop him, and they're being very physical with him. Yeah, and, and I think this is a little bit of the problem we've come into in the NBA, where the players want to pick the coach, and the players want to run the team. And let's make no mistake about this: Durant's running the team. He doesn't want Blake Griffin on the court. He doesn't want Aldridge on the court, right? This is not Nash's decision. So you want to go with a guy with no experience who basically claps and cheerleads. All respect to the great player, but you're not getting a lot of chess matches going on over there with Nash. And I think this you run into. And then you don't have Mike D'Antoni on the sideline to help give you that experience. I think you're in a tough spot. And I think this is really, if you're the GM, if you're Sean Marks, the GM of the of the Brooklyn Nets, you say, wait a minute, I think we lack some we lack some intellectual power here. Yeah. We've got to figure this out. And and I think this is what's showing up more and Durant's taking the heat for it. Now this is his as my grandmother used to tell, this is his bed. He's got to make it. He gotta lay in it, right? I mean, this is what he wanted. But it's not coming through for him, just like it's not. I mean, did you see LeBron's tweet yesterday? This is the last time I'm not making the playoffs. I'm sick. I can't watch this anymore. Hey, LeBron, stop being the GM. Just worry about playing. Just worry about playing. Stop trying to control who you play with. How about make everybody else better? Like, you know, I know, you know, you don't want anybody running the team that didn't play basketball at the highest level. I get that. Okay, some of us that didn't play sports don't know anything about sports. I understand that's the mentality. The reality here is the team is constructed poorly. If you don't fix that, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's dangerous for LeBron when he starts sipping on that Pinot Grigio and starts tweeting. 
you know, he's sitting at home. He's got the Cabernet out anyway. You know, well, the Celtics. I mean, he's basically making a point that just doesn't really. It, it's it's a great point, and I admire him tremendously for his competitive spirit. Although I never thought he lacked a consp- competitive spirit. What he lacks is he's putting his fingers into the pie about the team. 100%, Michael. Game two, the Celtics closed three and a half. We opened the other way, mirroring the three and a half. The Nets opened three and a half, although some love blanketed across the board threes. So the Celtics getting bet here. I'll get you the splits from a bet MGM. It is interesting how that flipped completely. And we do have a first half angle. Of course, teams down 0-2 coming home for game three. First half. They are hitting at a 62% clip uh, against the spread in the first half. The first half number today is the Nets laying a point and a half. So you may not like them on the full game, but that's a pretty good angle as far as the first half. Yeah, I think there's no doubt you've got to consider how to break this game down. I I just have a feeling the Nets are going to play well. I think Kyrie's going to play well. He's not going to be 4-17 from the field, nor do I think that Durant's going to have a bad game. And look, there's moments where, I mean, Boston's a really good team. There's no denying that they're really good on defense. But there is moments where Brooklyn has been able to break down their defense, and they've been able to score, and like they've been able to build the lead. They just haven't been able to close it out. I think this is, to me, this is Custard last stand game for Brooklyn. They got to win this one. They got to win this one. This is, they're going to need everything they can to win this game. I'm sorry. Is there a wolf? Do you hear that noise? I got somebody in my office next to me, and I'm going to go over there and raise some hell. I can promise you that. I was about to try. I was trying to cover it up. They're going to get – I mean, as soon as this segment's over with, I'm barging over there. Yeah, like, oh, we got shows to run here. Like, what is going on here? Right, Bond? There's a dog howling in the background. And Michael's been professional. some guy drilling something over there. Oh, he's drilling. Yeah. It's not like a haunted house behind you. I mean, I I would not leave you by yourself, so I'm going to stay here. But I'm going to go grab something right now. I mean, I'm coming there come hell bent. I got to commend you for your professionalism because you somehow were still capping through the haunted house. But I, I was on the ride. I was on the, the, the hayride freaking out over here for you. <laughs> so. I mean, like, you know, like, what, do people not work? I mean, I know Berman's not working, and he hasn't worked in 10 days. But, I mean, do people not work? I mean, like, seriously. Bond's freaking out. It is so funny, man. It sounds funny. Anyway, speaking of a haunted house or a scary situation, how about Ben Simmons? So he's good to go game. He's good to go game four on Monday, but he's not cool for today. Like, what is happening? I don't understand it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I got Luca. You know, they were concerned about Luca. They felt like he was ready, but they felt like if they pushed him. It may re-injure himself. Simmons, they declared ready, and then he says, well, we need one more day. I, I, I'm, I'm completely confused. I, I can't explain it any way possible. So for those that don't know, it looks like Ben Simmons is going to play game four. I mean, this is essentially an elimination game. You have to win game three if you're down 0-2. Yeah, yeah. What, what is game four? What does game four mean for you if you don't win? If you don't win game three, it, it, it's it's the situation with Simmons and the misinformation that surrounds him is mind-boggling. I Philly uh, Philly could has to I be mean, like, so relieved to be out from under that. Well, 
I, I mean, look, you, you know, and again, I think, look, we, we talk about Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, right? We say, hey, how he's been eliminated. Look, th- this is Simmons. Go through the history of it. Like, there's no place on the court in the, in the playoffs for Simmons where he can't do his transitions and, and run the open floor. He, the, the game becomes a half-court game. And when you space it like they do with Utah, he becomes a liability. I mean, it isn't just last year that he passed the ball on the dunk to in Atlanta and he threw it to Thibault and he didn't dunk it it's more than that it really is so I mentioned that angle on the first half one and a half the Nets are laying at 62% clip as far as coming back game three down 0-2 do you have a take on the full game here you're getting three off the three and a half opener with the Nets lane it sounds like you're leaning Nets I'm leaning Nets here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride them until I think they can't do it anymore. I really am. Just like I'm gonna ride that guy next to me when I get off this show, when I get out of this break. But I'm gonna ride him. I think I think to me, veteran players understand the importance of of a game, and they know this is it. I mean, Durant knows if he loses this game, it's over. They're not fighting back 4-0. They're just not. I mean, they just don't. They're not going to be able to go into Boston and win two more games, and you know, be able to play at this level. This is it for them. And Boston knows this is the moment to put your foot on them and really stamp them out. And so this is going to be, to me, a great game. This is what you love about it. Both teams are fully aware of the situation. It's what Barkley was talking about with Minnesota the other day. You know, he called them dumb. I'm not sure that's the right, uh, the right. uh, They just don't, they were never aware of their situation. They're not smart. They're not, they were not smart on how they play. These two teams get it. They got veteran guys that understand it. Speaking of Minnesota, we'll get to that one next. The Grizzlies at the T-Wolves. The question really just comes down to, can Minnesota mentally bounce back and emotionally bounce back? I mean, that was one of the worst Are they losses. mature enough to bounce back? Are they back? mature enough to bounce back? I think, are they mature back? enough to bounce back? Yeah. And so during the break, Tim, the tool man, Taylor, is going to get a mouth. Well, he's getting it. <laughs> he's getting like, I never. Now, I'm not a manly man, so I don't know anything about tools, but I I thought there was something howling in the background. Uh, Lombardi's no. going to regulate. We got all a bunch of construction going on over here. Berman leaves town for 10 days. The whole thing <laughs> Everything falls apart. falls apart. We're coming back. Not only the Grizzlies and T-Wolves, we've got the Mavs and Jazz coming up next here. Lombardi line, construction and everything. It's Saturday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, First Bet wants to get you ready for horse racing's Triple Crown with a great offer for new customers. Sign up now with the promo code VEGAS22 and bet at least $25 on the Kentucky Derby, and then you'll receive $25 in free bets for both the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes. Okay, so you must sign up with First Bet by May 7th, Kentucky Derby, using that code VEGAS22. To qualify, register today with the code Vegas22 at vcin.com slash horses. If you're just joining us, we had an all-time Lombardi line moment in the last break where Stephen Bond said it sounded like a whale. I think Kevin said it sounded like a haunted hayride. I said it sounded like a wolf or a dog howling. But we had some action in the background, and Michael Lombardi was ever the professional. Uh, professionally handicapping games with the haunted hayride behind him. We did find out that it was somebody drilling in the room next to you. So how did that conclude? 
it wasn't even the room next to me. It's down the hall. This guy's this attorney here and on the floor is remodeling his office and and they were running the saw. And so I went next door, knocking on the door. There was nobody in there. I was ready to I was ready to take names and numbers and nobody in there. And I thought, oh, there they are over here. It was at least it's at least, you know, I would say at least 30, 40 feet from me. And we could hear that noise. That's how loud it was. <laughs> yeah. But it straightened out. I don't I know got if it, it came through TV. I just, I give you so much credit because you oh, kept it on. Was. It, it was. Oh, it, it was. It was through TV. I was getting texts from people okay, saying, you know, what's that noise in the background? But here's the bigger news. Here is the bigger news. Okay. Pray tell. Uh, Woj apparently caught up with, uh, you know, uh, caught up with uh, Embiid. Okay. And. This could be more serious than you think. And further testing with the Sixers will be a, a clearer process, but you know he's going to try to play through it. If he goes and gets an MRI, this could really affect the series. So it's on his shooting hand. It's the thumb, and he was obviously in visible uh, agony the last time out we saw him. He hit the game winner. But here's my question for you. With somebody that's that prized, why are they sitting around in Toronto waiting to come back to Philly to get an MRI? They don't have MRI machines up in Toronto? Like, what are they doing? Well, they do. I, I think probably, you know, they probably want to see if they can handle it with treatment. Like I said earlier, a lot of these things, when they call something a sprain, it's a ligament has t- torn, but it hasn't separated. Now, obviously, if he's shooting and playing, he's got stability in it. So if you've got stability, then probably you don't have, you know, if you can't control it, it's usually because you don't have stability within your ligaments. If he does, and certainly I'm not a doctor, so there's a margin, there's a huge margin for, for a mistake here. But I think ultimately that's why you're just waiting to find out if he can play through it, if treatment can help it. And that's the early game today, two o'clock your time, Michael Lombardi. They're going to get past Toronto, but this is a huge story for the rest of the postseason because the 76ers well, we'll have looked today. great. Yeah, we'll see today, uh, you know, and so Woj said he spoke with Embiid's thumb. There's significant concern. He's going to need an MRI, and it certainly could determine what the playoffs look for Embiid and the Sixers. That's what he just said on TV. So okay. there you go. I just saw no shift in the number, three opener, three with the 76ers lane looking to close out Toronto. Again, the totals come down from 214 to 212 and a half, 213 at a couple of shops. Uh, John Ewing reporting over at BetMGM with the splits, and you can find splits over at vsin.com as well for as far as the betting handle. 64% of the bets and 42% of the handles. So it is split pretty evenly with the market getting involved with Toronto here. That is a, that is a huge developing story with Embiid, though, because he has been exemplary. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, he's been, and like I said, his level of play has raised intensity too, right? Intensity. No, he's playing. I think, I think where you see it more is on the defensive end. I think his defense has really improved. Now he turns the ball over still when he gets those double teams, which I think is going to be a real issue today because I think they're going to really go hard after him because with that thumb, maybe that was one of the reasons he turned the ball over. So I think he had like five turnovers in the first half of the game. I think you got to be really careful, and it's going to be interesting how they adjust and use them in this situation. So however you want to phrase this, a remarkable loss, an epic meltdown, what happened in game three for your boys there in Minnesota? Uh, listen, they had at two different times in the game, they had 20-plus point leads. I mean, this was not just – this was one of the all-time meltdowns. They were outscored in the fourth by Memphis, 37-12. to 12. Your boy Bain went off. 
Also, Carl Anthony Towns, is he going to show a pulse? I mean, he had eight points and four shots in the game. Like, is he going to show something? Yeah. I understand he's had foul trouble, but four shots but from it, a max player? Yeah. But it's, again, it's, it goes back to the same thing we're talking about with DeRozan. I mean, you, if you're going to be the great player, you can't. They can't take you out of the game. Right. They can't take you out of the game. So, to me, I, I think ultimately, you know, he's got to show up. But I think their maturity's got to show up. They've got to understand the situation, and and the coach has got to show up too. Like, there's plays you can run for a quarterback to get completions. There's got to be some way to get some form of offense going when you're on those runs, and you can't let that continue to happen. I mean, you got so many empty possessions. I mean, look, let's. Face it, when you're up that much, you, you've got to be able to, to, to find a way to stop the bleeding and get decent shots where you can make them. 100%. And it's interesting with Memphis, because they go so deep, Michael, they've sat Adams and have been throwing Jaron Jackson Jr. and then Brandon Clark at Carl Anthony Towns and has really mitigated him. You know, it's interesting, too, as far as the pacing. These are two of the paciest teams in Minnesota and Memphis, uh, high-scoring teams, one and two, respectively. But this total, 233.5 on the opener, has dipped a little bit here. The under has cashed in the last two, and I think you're going to see, I think the Timberwolves are going to come out at least that first half. I'll give you the number. This is going to be an intense game. Defensively, I do like the under here, 232.5. Yeah, you know, and, and and for a team that ranks seventh in the league in points possession, Minnesota, they have too many dry spells. They just have too many dry spells, you know? I mean, they're 11th in e-field goal percentage. I mean, they're seventh in offensive rebounding going into the season. This is why, as a handicapper, it's so hard. You've got to watch these games to really get a sense of them because the regular season is so dramatically different than the postseason in the NBA. They're two entirely different leagues. They really are. You nailed that, and it's just D'Angelo Russell has been absolutely – I think Edwards is banged up, to be fair, but Russell, who averaged in the four meetings in the regular season 31 points per, has been non-existent. And they've all folded in the fourth quarter, the last two. And they all fold. They all fold. They don't have the – you know, this is the problem with Russell. I mean, Russell's got a huge contract. He's got certainly a lot of skill. But the problem you run into is is he's so inconsistent in what he does – and that it becomes a real issue. And, and, and that's why everybody's been concerned about what are they going to do? You know, can he play like he typically does? When, it's, when the game is on the line, can he raise his level? And I think that's ultimately why he's, you know, he's one of those guys that, yeah, he's good, but we don't really want him on our team. Out east, Michael's got the 76ers out west. He's got the Dallas Mavericks. He's been all over this team. You know, Jason Kidd has really instilled a defensive-minded approach. They've been awesome. They muck it up. They've gone small against Gobert and Utah. You know, it's interesting, too. Luka likely today. I'll give you the number. Remember, when Luka was ruled out, it closed 8, 8.5 the other night. We're now sitting 6. So an opener of 5, bet up to 6. Most couple books, DraftKings at 5.5, and, and a low total, no surprise here, 213, Michael. You know, I think, look, everything they do, I mean, uh, Brunson has been sensational, you know, and, and so has Finney Smith, you know, and they've been able to get really good minutes, you know, from their bench and, and been able to uh, play that level of defense that they need, you know, and I, and I think ultimately they can continue. They kind of link themselves together, and Utah is a little bit discombobulated because, you know, all through the regular season they play go, now with Gobert and he's been neutralized. What do they do? Do they go small? I think Kidd will have an answer for them going small today. 
And I think that'll try to alleviate some of the issues as they do that and see where they can. Bertrands, what will he do when they go small? All those kind of things. And it opens up the door for Dallas to take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, Dallas's formula, if you think about it, it's pretty simple. They've gone small and the three-point shooting. They hit 22 in game two. They hit 18 threes in game three. So essentially, they're dragging with Kleber. They're dragging Gobert out of the paint, attacking the rim with Brunson and Dinwiddie. And as you mentioned, Finney Smith. And then they're kicking the ball out for threes and they're hitting them. So, I mean, that's yeah, really are. what they're doing. So they, they get, now they get Gobert off the court. And when Utah had some success was when they matched them on the small. What does Dallas do? That's the one beautiful thing about a, a, a seven-game series. It's the counters to the counters to the counters. What's going to be the counter from, from Dallas today? Because Dallas is expecting the, to, for Utah to concede and go small. When Utah goes small, it means more offense on both ends. I do like the over. The over has cashed in the last two. We are sitting right now, again, 212.5. It's a low total. That was the under team, that being the Mavs this year, because they're slowing it down. They'll muck it up in the half court. I don't think Utah has an answer, frankly. I just think Dallas is better. Yeah. I, if we've seen Utah get I, I exposed for five straight postseasons. Plus, you know, we know we talked about this the other day. Quinn Snyder, we know he's not coming back. He's not going to coach the team. This team's going to go through some changes. And because of that, I'm not sure that all the players are all bought in. And then they are a great regular season team that has not manifested itself as a great playoff team because of the, 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 the way people play Gobert and force him to have to go out there. You know, he played 28 minutes the other night. You know, you got your best player, best defensive player, and you got him down, and he's missing a bunch of time. Yet again, Gobert exposed in the postseason in Utah as well, and I think you're 100% right about the speculation surrounding Quinn Snyder. I don't think they're all in. It's a, it's a weird vibe right now with the Jazz. We come back with Thomas Gable next. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, tell you again about the draft coverage. It's going to be awesome here. Standard in the industry here at VSEN. The draft is in Las Vegas next week. However, tomorrow at 6 p.m., we've got a special draft preview show with Tim Murray, Sean King, break down all the first round prospects and props. Of course, expert guests include legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick and his son. VSIN's draft preview special tomorrow coming up at 6 p.m. right here exclusively on VSIN. And don't forget to download the draft guide, which they got done early. It's incredible. It really, it's, it's wonderful. It's 10 bucks. VSIN.com slash draft to make you some money for $10. VSIN.com slash draft. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We're going to head out to Atlantic City and say hi to our good buddy and our partner, Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. TG, how you doing, man? Good morning, guys. Michael, welcome back. I hope you had a good uh, good you. break. Um, Amal did an admirable job for you filling in last Saturday with Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, we ke- hopefully we kept all the forest fires from raging around the country. I'm sure you know our our help desk was getting a lot of letters, but I'm sure you know it's good. It's good to have he them was, all back. He, in he the was saddle. he was spicy to say the least. Yeah, of course he is. He yes, was spicy. TG, um, you've got a a big boxing match actually tonight with Fury and White. Are you getting bet there at the Borgata? Uh, we're taking some action on it. It's a, it's an early fight due to the time change, so it's actually like mid-afternoon here in 
or even earlier out there for for you guys in Vegas. Yeah. So a uh, little odd. I think that's going to depress the handle a little bit. And uh, but I mean, it, it's it's decent. Um, not going to make or break the day on the fight, though. And Fury's like a six dollar favorite. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and bo- boxing betters like to bet the dog, and I don't think many believe White has much of a chance here. Okay, we'll switch to the NBA. H- how's the handle been? Kind of walk us through betting the postseason so far there at the Borgata. No, the handle's been great uh, since uh, really starting with the playing games, and then uh, when the playoffs started, uh, it's been it's the interest always uh, rises. And you know, I think for the uh, the casual fans who who want to come out and bet on the playoffs, uh, there's there's more interest there. I think for the people who bet the NBA day to day, it's a little bit more appealing because you know who's going to play. You have more information. Uh, you don't have guys sitting out for load management or other reasons. Uh, unless there's a legitimate injury. So, I mean, the, the action's been good. And, of course, you know, here, you know, there's a lot of interest, you know, with with the Sixers locally and, and Brooklyn. So it, it's been it's been very good. I mean, it's been a big big week of uh, for Philly basketball here between the Sixers and then Jay Wright retiring. Uh, it's been a big week. Yeah, it really has. A lot of action, a lot of news. LaSalle gets a new coach. Villanova's getting a new yep. coach. You, you know, a lot, a lot of things have been going on. But are, are you sold – that Philly is going to continue to keep going with this pace, Thomas? I mean, you've watched this team as I have for many years. Yeah. I mean, do you get the sense that it's going to continue? Not, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on them. And obviously, <laughs> you know, the news the news coming out, you know, this morning uh, with Embiid and the Thumb, you know, now there's concern that he tore a ligament in the, uh, in the Thumb. And, you know, he had a soft cast on there after the last game. But he did practice yesterday. And, you know, they say he's going to play through. But, um, you know, it, I don't think there's any doubt they, they should be able to obviously get by Toronto here, being up 3-0. Three, three uh, and now the Heat obviously find themselves in a series uh, after last night with the Hawks. Uh, so, you know, whoever Philly plays in the next round, I think it's going to be a, a tough go for it, especially if Embiid's not 100%. You, you have a guy there who raised the level of his game this year uh, to – to a level we haven't seen from him and in terms of conditioning. And it's, you know, it's disappointing if there is, in fact, uh, some sort of injury there that's going to preclude him uh, from moving forward here in the playoffs, at least at uh, the level he's been playing at. Because, but that's the, that's the chance you run here, backing any team in the playoffs. You know, we've, we've seen it already, you know, with Booker in Phoenix, you know, Middleton and Milwaukee. These injury bugs can crop up at any time. We saw it a lot last year in the playoffs. Um, you know, one player makes a big difference if it's if it's a certain player that gets hit with an injury bug. To reiterate, and you, you're a very sage basketball mind, you do not believe in Philadelphia moving forward after they get past the Raptors. Uh, they potentially could. They could potentially reach the Eastern Conference Final. I, I'm not somebody who believes that they can get to the NBA Finals. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. They, they, well, they got to get through Miami. I mean, Thomas, how yeah. would you handicap? Let's just say that. I mean, both teams. What would you? Uh, what would you uh, handicap the Miami Philly game in Miami opening the the start that the start the next series? Uh, in Miami, and let's just say Embiid is healthy. We'll we'll just take it. Yeah. You know, with that as a hypothetical, Embiid's healthy. Uh, game one in Miami, I would probably make Miami a three point favorite. 
And I'm guessing the series price would be pretty even, right? I, I, I was thinking about the yeah. series price with Philly and Miami pretty close to even, no? Uh, yeah, I think it'd make Miami probably a slight favorite, but um, it, it'd be very close. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was thinking maybe even to a dollar thirty on Miami, but nothing crazy. Yes, yes, that, that I agree. Probably yep, somewhere in there, dollar twenty-five, somewhere in there. Okay, perfect. How are you handling the Luca news? Uh, Dallas, Utah. Set us up on the number and kind of behind the scenes how you handle switching that up if Luca does play. Look, looks like he's going to. Yeah, I mean, the Jazz right now five and a half point favorites in this, and Luca obviously means a lot to the number. The thing with the Mavs, and hats off to them. I mean, for them to be leading this series without him 2-1 at this point. Now, they did shoot tremendously well in the in the last game against uh, in Utah. And that was a game where even Brunson went out there with the injury. They continued to shoot well. And um, the Jazz, this is a team here where I think if they lose this series... I think you just have to kind of blow up the team with them and, you know, start over because, um, you know, this is it's just not good where you're you're down 2-1 in this series and you haven't seen Luka yet. So Luka certainly is going to mean um, something to number if he plays. You'll, you'll see an adjustment there. But uh, right now, Jazz laying five and a half. And, uh, you know, with, with them being home, Utah has a tremendous uh, home court advantage. That's a very difficult place to play in the NBA. So, um, it, you know, but obviously you'll see this number move a little bit when, when the news comes. I would agree, Michael, what uh, Thomas just said about Yo, blow, I think blow, that's, blowing up. I think up that's the... exactly what, what Thomas said. I think part of the blow-up is Quinn Snyder's leaving. Yeah. And then that's yes, going yes. to put Danny Ainge in back in charge. It's gonna, then he's going to fix the team. You know, I, I think you're looking at a, at a whole makeover of the, the Utah Jazz, and that could include you know, maybe Donovan Mitchell's not there next year. What do they do with Gobert? I mean, they know that in this situation, it's hard for him to have the influence and the production come playoff time based on the last. I mean, nobody was better than them last year in the, in the regular season. They get to the playoffs, they can't close. We've seen it now for five years. We know what, we know what we're getting uh, consistently. Uh, Memphis and Minnesota. Question for you, just as a, <laughs> just as an observer of basketball, do you think Minnesota emotionally bounces back today? Well, that's that's a great question because I, you know, if you can from that, um, uh, hats off to them. But yeah, that's that's really tough, uh, and that's really <laughs> tough. I mean, the, the Grizzlies here lying two and a half in this really haven't moved from where we opened it. Uh, the totals dropped slightly. Uh, we opened the total two thirty three and a half, now down to two thirty two and a half. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's just a game where. You think that you have it in the bag, and it, I mean that's almost like Greg Norman losing the the final round of the Masters type uh, deal there. I I I I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. He Michael. must have watched that thirty for thirty oh, did you with see? that reference. Huh? Wait, yeah, I Thomas, want to get your you review. Did you watch the thirty for thirty on Norman? I did, I did. I liked it. I liked the fact that he was back there at Augusta, and uh, um, you know that was the first time that he was actually watching the footage of that final round. Uh, you know that was that was interesting. Uh. I got to see that. I guess they, he's never seen it. So they should remember like in the last dance, Michael, where they handed Jordan the iPad. I guess that's what they're doing with Norman and they're getting the real reaction in real time. Uh, Norman was my guy growing. I know TG, you're right there with me, right? Norman was my guy growing up, man. Absolutely. He was. Um, 
Okay. Is there anything we missed? Oh, we missed Celtics Nets. Got a, a minute here. Yeah. What do you got? Can I just ask what what is going on with Ben? Simmons? Why is Ben Simmons not we playing in this game? We, we, just, uh, we than, don't know. We, we don't can't know. figure it out. The, the, only reason that I could, the only reason I could possibly come up with is that he has one more outfit that he wants to show up on the <laughs> sideline before he has to put on <laughs> the team point, uniform. Great point. I wish uh, I thought of that. I wish I, I, I can't did. come up with another reason. We I mean, can't he had a press conference yesterday. He's talking about how excited he is to play. He's a smart player. Why did some? Why aren't you playing today? I mean, if they lose, who who cares if he plays? If, if he who cares if well, he yeah, plays? Yeah. But, right. If they and lose today, the who cares if he plays another game? <laughs> I know it is weird. We only have twenty seconds. So what's the number? Are you sitting three with the Nets laying it? Uh, three and a half right now with the Nets laying. It is the greatest question ever. You can play Monday, but you can't, but you can't play, play Saturday. Gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. I mean, this is what we're getting. He's wimpy. TG, have a good day at the book. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, thanks TG. Guys. Kadarius Tony news. What? Yep. Next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Unleash the spirit of Vegas, BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets or risk-free tokens. Plus, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can use those points at MGM Resorts here or nationwide. It's like a credit card. You know, you get your points, you spend them. It's awesome. It's a loyalty program. Got to be 21 years or older. And if you have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas as we welcome you back to Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. So I don't know if the Giants wanted this receiver at 20 last year. Uh, you can kind of refresh my memory, Michael Lombardi, but the rumor is mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony is being shopped. Remember Shane and, of course, Dayball, a new regime there with the Giants. Last year picked 20 overall, and it does appear yeah. that he's being shopped. Do you want to give me some information here? Well, I mean, the Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News broke the story. We'll have him on the show tomorrow to kind of go through it. But look, here's what happened in the draft last year. The Giants were sitting there and the Eagles went ahead and took away the player that they wanted. And so instead of taking the next guy, Joe Judge really was instrumental in them trading down. Dave, Dave Gettleman got a lot of credit for it, but I was told reliably that Judge kind of made this happen with the Bears and they moved down to 20. And then they settled on Tony because I think they felt like they could, Joe Judge convinced them that he could handle them and he could, because there were some off the field concerns about Tony. There's no denying this. So I think he felt like he could handle them and he would fit within the system and they would basically get the same player, but a first round pick the next year and, 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 and move down. Good strategy, right? So now in comes Brian Dayball, in comes uh, the new general manager, Joe Schein. So now what do they do, right? Do they love the player? Do they not love the player? You know, there's some concerns mentally. Can he pick up everything up? I mean, this offense that Dayball's going to run, now let's just be real clear, it's not easy. It's, it's not an easy offense for receivers to kind of become inundated right in there and they've got to work really hard they've got to block they've got to do all the things you need to do to be a good player and maybe they just have looked at Tony's inability to stay consistent to stay within the framework of what they want from their character player and they decide to move on what's the value out there for the player that's hard to be seen because you know you're you're talking about a, a lot of receivers in the draft. You're talking about giving away an asset to take on a four, uh, take on a first round contract, even though they didn't pay it. And then you've got to figure out can they afford to do it with their cap? I mean, this giant team is so poorly constructed with their cap that you know they're they may have a hard time trading anybody because of that. 
And part of me, if you mention this, you're also losing a little leverage with Tony because aren't there character concerns? I don't want to overgeneralize, but are, are there questions no, there? there? there are, well, there are. There were. That's why he was drafted later. I mean, there's certainly concerns. Okay. You know, this is going to be a little bit of okay. If you liked him in the draft, would you be willing to take? You know, last year the the that when Urban Meyer went to Jacksonville, he, you know, they the, the Panthers tried to trade for C.J. Henderson. They liked C.J. Henderson. They liked him and and Derek Brown the same level. They ended up picking Brown. Henderson went the next pick afterwards. But they called and they said, no, Henderson's not available. Well, the summer came around and he was available. They ended up trading a, a, a tight end and uh, for him and then a third-round pick. So I think this is what you're looking, looking at in the same situation with the Giants. I mean, it's going to be a challenge to see what they can do because they are so stuck on the cap. I mean, they've got to sign. They have to sign two first-round picks, right? So... You know, they still have $13 million tied up in paragraph five. Now, they want to move Bradbury. There's a lot of conversations that they'll take a corner and they'll ship Bradbury off, which I think could certainly be true. You know, it could certainly be true. But the problem is there's a lot of dead money following Tony. He's got $11 million of dead money following him based on his contract. And this giant team already has $20 million of dead money. You know, they, they sent off Logan Ryan. That was 11. Nate Solder. All these moves, they, they need to get their cap in order. And maybe that's the modus operandi. I think ultimately what they feel like, this will be the highest value that Tony will have for them because as the year continues to go on and his inability to be adaptable and be able to fit within the program character-wise and attention to detail-wise will probably slip away. And how exciting is this? You get... Joe Shane, a first opportunity to be a general manager, and you come into the Giants. Look, Michael, you're picking five overall, and then you're picking seven overall for the Giants here because of the trade with Chicago. Right. So you get you got two chances to get two really good players, which they need, and the Giants need players everywhere. I mean, the one mistake the Giants organization has made over time, and we've talked about this at nauseum, is their inability to evaluate their own team, their inability to believe that they are. You know, and what are they going to do with Saquon Barkley? Like, what will they do with him? That, that's a question that, you know, are they going to, is he going to pick up the option for him? Is they going to continue to go down that road with a running back and pay him all this money? I think it remains to be seen. And, and there's so many questions, especially as you look at the offensive line. You know, will Andrew Thomas be a good player? There's a lot of conversation out there that maybe they're going to take Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. They should. I mean, right now they don't really have a right tackle. They could move Thomas to right tackle. You know, and they've tried to mix and match this offensive line. Barkley is now entering, you know, Barkley, you know, has been hurt. What will they do with him? I think that's a fair question. I think it's a really fair question how they're going to handle Saquon moving forward. I mean, do they really want to do that? This is this will be the fifth year of his contract. He's a free agent. Are they going to extend him? They're going to let him pay it out. He's only $7.2 million on their cap. But it's 7-2 that's guaranteed. They can't redo this deal. Right, right. Uh, the game's cyclical and how it's played is cyclical throughout the years, but I can guarantee in my lifetime we'll never see a running back go two overall again. There's no chance. You know, it's funny. No, well, in 67, uh, the 67 draft, two fullbacks, Tucker Fredrickson and Ken Willard, went one two. Can you imagine backs. that? That's awesome. It just shows you. And, and, they, yeah, it's and they asked Wellington, they asked Wellington Mara, who was the vice president of personnel for the Giants at the time, and they said, he said, we considered Dick Buckus, but we just felt like we needed to get the best blocking back in the country. 
I mean, this is the way that, and this is, I'm not making fun of the great Wellington Mara. Right. Tremendous man. The, the Duke is, was his nickname. That's why the football has the Duke on it in tribute to Wellington Mara. But that's the way the game has evolved. It's completely changed. It's completely become a different game. And there was a time where the fullback was. I mean, there were running plays for both the fullback and the tailback. I mean, that's why Jim Taylor's in the Hall of Fame. He was a fullback. Marion Motley was considered a fullback. That is that is classic. One and two, <laughs> I love it. And the game, there listen. was six. There was a. I was a twelve draft, twelve team draft. I believe a fourteen team draft. Namath went twelve, by the St. Louis Cardinals, and then he signed in the AFL. But you know, but Buckus went three, Sayers went four. Gail Sayers cut down by injuries. Special. It's, so, I was told both he, players. Yeah, both players. How about this? Both players never played in a playoff game. It's fascinating. Billy Sims as well cut down by injuries. How about my Lions? You, Billy Sims was yeah, stunned. No doubt. Okay, let's go through the four today as far yeah, as the postseason. And let's see if we've got a lean on either side or total here. 76ers lane three, totals 213, Michael. I think the safe play is to take Toronto in the points. I think if, if, if there's two ways I see this game going. Toronto really plays well and Philly doesn't match them and they, and they end up winning easily like they were starting out in the first half. If, Tor- if Philly does stay within the game and get it close, I think it'll be a one- or two-point game, and I think three's the right number, so I would jump all over that. Fair enough. Dallas, Utah, uh, five-and-a-half, six with Utah laying it. I do love, if, I can, if you can find a six, I love Dallas catching the six. How about you? I think if you can grab the six, if ever you can get more with Dallas, I like Dallas. I think Dallas should win out, outright. I'm not sold that Utah can make the adjustments. I think Dallas will make the adjustments to the adjustments. I'm going to go with Dallas and take the points. I'm going to go against the trend. I do like the over here when those two teams go small. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's going to be right. points today. You know, I really do. How about Boston at Brooklyn? It, you've been leaning Brooklyn laying the three? I'm going to take Brooklyn. I, I, I think, look, I, I love Boston, but I think at some point these games matter. And this is one of those, this is a, a, a custard last stand game for Brooklyn. And, and if they don't win this one, their season's over. I mean, it's, it's over. I mean, you talk about Utah reconstructing their team. What will Brooklyn do? What will Brooklyn do? And I expect Kyrie to play really well tonight. I, I think that they win. I think Boston will con- continue. Look, Boston has two chances to win one game. They have two. These next two games are the season for Brooklyn. They are the season for Brooklyn. They either have it or they don't. I'm betting on they have it. What's classic is it's so Ben Simmons to show up when they don't have a chance in the series on Monday if they're down 0-3. That is. I mean, what is that? Like seriously? I'm here, what are we guys. Doing? I'm sure his what teammates will respect them. You couldn't play oh, on yeah, Saturday, love that, bro. Right? Uh, Memphis. Oh, are they going to close out Minnesota? It's three or two and a half. You can find a two and a half if you want to bet Memphis. You know, I, 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 this is a hard one for me. I think this is an in-game play. I really do. I think let's look at it. I'm going to lean Memphis. I'm going to take the point. I think Memphis is going to play well, and I think Memphis is confident now that they've solved the riddle of Minnesota. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota – but I don't think – I'm never going to play a team that I don't think has competitive fiber and the mental toughness they need. Fair enough. I'm going to lean under here, 232 and a half. Any final words for Dominic on the way out? We started with Dominic. We should end with Dominic. Yeah, well, I mean, look, he's got a busy week, a couple weeks ahead of him, get ready to move, got to go to Vegas, a lot ahead of him. You know, and he could t- he's wearing a watch now, Patrick, so he's telling me what time it is. He's Isn't got that a, lovely? Yeah, and I heard he's got to diversify his portfolio this weekend. He's got a big weekend. I'll hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.